FGC Hollywood. Stay classy. So every year when I do the state of the FGC, I go back and look at the year prior. So last year, I made it like so extensive that now like I set a precedent that every year has to be that way. So it's um Yeah, you know that means you put the bar too high. Now you're over here yeah. trying to jump for it. <laughs> God damn, man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, a fighting and podcast episode. 29, a late edition of FGC Hollywood. I believe this is the latest we've ever recorded, actually, FGC Hollywood. Uh, my name is Max Plyther. I'm joined, as always, by Pringle the One. Pringle, my man, how are you doing? Doing good, man. I, I know how we were talking uh, before the podcast started. We were talking about turtles and stuff. And last night, man, I was I was just jamming to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles track, man. I was like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes in a Half Shell. I was like, ah, Turtle Power. And, and, and like... I was because I remember growing up watching the TMNT, the the uh, 2003 one, which is I don't know if you've seen it. It was on four kids slash WB kids. Mm -hmm. And it went like one, two, three, four turtles. It's a chain react, something like that. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, my God, I think I think I'm a TMNT fan. <laughs> like, like it dawned me, man, because I was like, dude, I just kept jamming the music. And I was like, yo, they're like so cool. I mean, think about it. It's two of the greatest things you can have in a show. Turtles and pizza, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, man. That's like I know how you feel about pizza. <laughs> dude, and, and like I know had me uh me some pizza today. It's always good, right? It's always a good day when I get pizza. That's like my weekly thing, man. Like I look forward to it. They always made the pizza look so good though in the, in the Ninja I know, Turtles. right? It'd be cheesy as hell. That mm -hmm. joint be like they pull it like eight feet away from me and the cheese. It's <laughs> yeah. still like I only just like, ooh, it's never coming off, dude. It's and, a great uh, promotion for, for pizza, really. Oh my god, you telling me. And you know what's funny too that the they're gonna make a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. I don't know if you heard of it, but they mm. dropped the trailer like a couple months ago. It's a TMNT uh Shredder's Revenge, and it's like it looks really good. It's gonna it's like a beat em up, like so like it's all for beat em up. I hope they do like a multiplayer co-op type of thing. Cause I'm definitely gonna try to cop that, man. I'm over here like, man, I should have been like I might start trying to collect some of the TMNT games because, man, they, I had a lot of fun uh, watching the show back then. And I did play some of their games and I always liked them. But I, I realized I like it just I was like, wait a minute. I love turtles. That's my favorite animal. I had a turtle for a while. It was 10 years. I had to give it away because it was not enough space. But I love I love my turtle, Miss Thing. That's what I called her. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the turtle, man. And I do me love me some pizza. So I was like, man, I. You know, that, that was just, I, I just love the Turtles, man. TMT, man. It's dope, man. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I like the show, but I didn't like it as much as, as you did. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I was a big, uh, the animated series, the Spider-Man animated series back in like oh, the man. late 90s to early 2000s. I love that one. It was uh, the, super I fun to watch. Even. I can't even think. Was it just uh, Spider-Man or was it the Amazing Spider-Man or something like that? I think it was just Spider-Man. I, I don't know. It all kind of blends together, but it was, yeah. I remember I was super young and it was Spider-Man doing just regular Spider-Man things. Like he's obviously he's a journalist and nobody knows his identity and he's fighting all the, like the old school villains. Like he fights, um, Doc uh, Ock and, yeah, Doc Ock and uh, the Green Goblin. And yeah, it's, it's like, an old school Spider-Man. And I remember I, I would watch it religiously. I actually really, I didn't watch much Spider-Man because I just wouldn't catch it. I didn't watch a lot of Batman though, but I do love Spider-Man. Like he's, 
He's really dope because every time I think of Spider-Man, I'm like, he's just another guy like me. Mm-hmm. His life sucks. He lost his girlfriend. <laughs> she got killed somewhere along Horrible the line. Horrible boss. Horrible boss. Uncle's dead. No parents. <laughs> Poor as hell. Ex- he exploits his powers just to get minimum wage. Mm-hmm. I'm just to get here, by. Like, I can relate. <laughs> I can relate with his, bo- his bum ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to love. Um, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I actually really loved Batman Beyond when he. Oh like, no, dude, that was a really good one, actually. Yeah, I love that one. It was really good because it was somewhat dark. So, mm-hmm. like, that's what because a lot of people like the original, like um, Batman. I forgot which one it was. It was the I think it was just called the animated series Batman, and that was a really good one, and because it was pretty, like, it was deeper. It was kind of like deep. And it had its dark parts. And Beyond was kind of, it was really good for that as well because it was kind of like a continuation. I like Bruce Wayne as like the mentor and yeah. it was cool. I liked it. Yeah, it's good show. Yeah, it was, it was really good. I liked it too much. I didn't watch much of it, but when I did, I, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of shows, this is one. And mm. I just wanted to start the podcast. So it's been a few weeks now, maybe like three weeks now where we've done this whole new format of, uh, you know, the podcast on YouTube is on a separate channel. And then we put on the highlights on the the main channel and uh we've gotten some some really nice kind words on the format change people seem to like it on both ends both with the highlights and the the podcast on a different channel so seems like our little experiment has worked uh, separating the podcast with the the main channel so um yeah just thank you everybody who has been tuning in to the podcast and um has given us kind words on the latest format change and, you know, actually speaking of, um, thank you, Pringle, for two things. Um, mm-hmm. One is... <laughs> you're not in trouble. Who did I trouble. kill? I didn't do nothing, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, one is, I appreciate you obviously recording the show with me. It's we're recording a day earlier, right? Because we normally record on Saturdays. We're recording here on Friday night because we got our pony tournament tomorrow. So... We, we want to make sure we have enough time to complete that so the podcast wouldn't get in the way. So here we are. And I just wanted to say thanks because I wanted to put out a show, even though every time we run a tournament, we don't normally record. But I did want to record a podcast because um, just in case there are some people out there that are are like waiting on a podcast every single week. But I know that like because I listen to podcasts. So when like a podcast that I really enjoy misses a week. I'm like, oh, damn, that kind of sucks. Now I don't have anything planned for what I normally do, whether I go on like a trail walk or whatever. So um, I'm glad we are recording. We have like not a super long show, but, you know, stuff that's relevant to fighting games. But as far as the pony tournament, um, shout outs to you for doubling the prize pot for our tournament. So we all appreciate that. We're up to $70 in a total prize pool. So first place we'll get 40 Second place will get 20, and, and third place will get 10. Uh, last I checked, we had 11 people entered for ponies, which is more than I thought. <laughs> Let's go, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I sweeten it right there. It's like it, every it, it, the first three spots should at least have enough money to buy themselves a pizza. That's what I was thinking the whole <laughs> time, go. man. <laughs> or yeah. at least a slice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, multiple slices, especially if you win first. So uh, good luck to everybody tomorrow who's going to win. I'll try to maybe clip some highlights. We'll stream it on Twitch and maybe clip some highlights, put it on the main channel so everybody can see the the ponies in action because it's a really fun game. I've been playing it lately. And uh, to be honest with you, I've been playing with people who are going to be playing in the tournament to gauge how like where they stand skill-wise so I could seed correctly because I don't want to put somebody who's 
just starting with somebody who's really, really good because I want to give everybody like an equal chance. Yeah. So um, I got my seedings right. Is that collusion? Is, are you allowed to do that? <laughs> collusions baby yeah i think that's what it is when you when you don't see them right yeah that's not fair for everybody mm. you know but see so like here's my thing though and i've always like in a big major like in the locals i appreciate that because it does let people play more but in a big major there's always been like a problem have you noticed that and yeah like, I, I don't get that though a part of me is like i mean you competed right what does mm. it matter you go in there, you go in raw, and you go in, you go out fighting, man. <laughs> but that is done to make it fair for people. But it's I, I don't get it when the top players whine about the seating though. Like that's that's what I don't get. Hmm. Like they should be the last ones that, that are com that complain about it. Did see a lot of that from Smash players. So good lord. Yeah, I actually remember that saga. It was like a mm -hmm. whole Twitter Twitter thing of people talking about seating in tournaments. It was yeah, not not great. Um, okay, the second item on this little short list before we get to the news is uh, it's just a small announcement that I saw. So your one of your favorite games, well, your your old darling, <laughs> Skullgirls. <laughs> That's the old side hoe. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> your ex-wife. <laughs> your ex-wife. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Skullgirls is getting a new character coming May six. We don't know anything about. The character, all it was is just a short little announcement. No other details. Just tune in May 6th. You'll see another character for that season pass. Is it going to be an actual release or are they just going to show like a trailer of the thing? I believe it's just an announcement. Oh, I don't know. All right. Well, hopefully it's like, I hope that it's a big character or I think there was two characters that I was pretty interested in. It was Permafrost, I think his name was. And I think the other one was like Roxanne or Roxy or something like that. But yeah, I'm assuming that they'll announce and then they'll probably put them in a sort of like a beta phase, how they did Annie, and then eventually yeah. they'll release them in the full game. Okay, yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, I'm glad Skullgirls is getting more characters now, more um, would love to see more uniqueness in the game. I feel that the game's lack of characters really does kind of hold it down pretty yeah. poorly, I think. Yeah, Mike Z died for this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they put that man on the cross. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. Shout outs to Mike Z. All right. I just lost like eight subs because I said that. I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys. It's all good. Ugh, they, they like his ass. <laughs> It's just a joke in passing, guys. Just a joke. All right, Frank. Well, we got Hollywood question of the week, and this comes by Mr. Taker of Souls himself, Pagan on Discord. And he asks, who are three fighting game characters you'd invite to a barbecue if you were going to have one? Every every grappler in every fighting game, because they look like they can eat. I'd take, take Potemkin, Taker, and what's another big-ass grappler? Uh, what's that dude Zangief? with the... Yeah, hey, I'll take Zach. I was gonna say, what's that dude with the hairy chest? And then I thought about it, and you said Zangief. <laughs> but I was thinking about that dude with the hairy chest in O'Neal with the. But he looked like he can't pick up food, so I don't know. What's, he got like some some nasty. Yeah, you're talking about Waldstein. Yeah, he's yeah. Got claws. Some some what what is it in SpongeBob? <laughs> Big meaty claws over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. I'm trying to think of who would I take. So we're okay. We're at a barbecue, so it's a social event. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming there's other people, and there's people that I know. So I can't bring like my favorite characters. Like I can't bring Vice because she'll start fighting with people and kill somebody. So like that's not a good idea. Yeah, it's true. I can't bring Eno because she'll do the same thing. 
want to like, do I have sex with somebody in the bathroom? Like, oh, so I'm like, hey, let me meet me at the port of John. I'm like, Ugh. how dare you? She's a classy lady. <laughs> <laughs> classy. Yo, yo, you ever seen the uh, the clip of her getting conchoed? She enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't bring them because they'll create havoc. Also, I'll probably try to hit on them the whole time. So it'll be distracting. So I'll bring, I'll bring Akatsuki because he's, He's just like a calming presence, right? He'd be cool to have around. So that would be one. Mm. I would bring Paul Phoenix because I know he'll drink, right? Oh, he'll drink. He'll have a good time. And man, we'll have, he'll he, tell he, stories. He, yeah, you can tell. He's good. He'll, he'll break through the wall, too. He wouldn't even use the front door. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So Paul, for sure. He'll just be a fun dude to have around. And... I'll bring King from King of Fighters because she's social. She owns a bar. She could talk about that. So that environment would be easy for her to translate into. And she'll probably be easy to talk to. So I'll bring King, Akatsuki, and Paul Phoenix for to my barbecue. She looked like she would try to serve everybody food. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. She's the, uh, what do you call the people who are experts at wines? You know what I'm talking about? Tester or what? They're sommelier. Is that what it's called? Sommelier. I think it's called sommelier. Like the wine expert is called the sommelier. Google. Yeah, sommelier. 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 Let's go with sommelier. Let's go with sommelier. Yo, I love butchering up words on purpose. Oh, I love doing that. I'm that guy. All right. Podcast corrections. So last week. I called Hibiki Takane from The Last Blade 2, who's now in Samurai Showdown. I called her Takane Hibiki. First of all, that's not my fault. That's how the Japanese say it in the trailer, for one. They say last name and then first name. And also, it's a habit of mine because I call you Narukami. I call him Narukami because he's he's Narukami the god. And also, when I see... I was, about, I was just about to say it. When I see Kazuya or Heihachi or even Jin... I just say Mishima because it's easier. So it's just a habit of mine. I say Japanese last names when I mean the character. So sorry. It's Hibiki Takane, not Takane Hibiki. <laughs> but don't people in Japan, they say it like that. They usually Yeah, go, they say Takane Hibiki or Takane-san, right? Because they call you by your last name. And then mm -hmm. if they feel like they you have a respect with them or a mutual thing. If you're familiar, you yeah. Hey, I kind of like that, though. I, I like that. Cause that's a, yeah, that's a it's cool, cool thing. Yeah, man. Cause like for me, it would be like, they'd call me my first name, which no one calls me, but then it would be mm -hmm. like, the, the everybody just calls me Pringle. So, <laughs> well, I know just from playing sports in like high school, right. Um, coaches normally would call us by our last name. So like nobody yeah. would ever call me Randy, for example, it'd be like, Hey, McIntyre, go over yeah, there. And, true, and yeah. some people would call me Mac just for short, but. Yeah, like I had a lot of coaches just use my last name because for some reason that's easier. Yeah, the way the Japanese do it is more so with like respect and familiarity. I just do it because I'm used to it. Mm -hmm. All right, now we can move over to fighting game news. I believe we only have a few items here, but uh, they're pretty interesting. Let's start with the first one. So President Ono, my friend, that's, that's a name we bring up a lot on the show. <laughs> it's not always in the best context but <laughs> we sure talk about this man a lot 
So on April 27, 2021, Gematsu reported that Yoshinori Ono, former lead producer for Street Fighter at Capcom, has been appointed president and chief executive officer at Delightworks. Delightworks is a developer of Fate Grain Order, the extremely popular free-to-play Japanese mobile game based on Type Moon's Fate Stay Night franchise. Delightworks will also be in charge for publishing the upcoming fighting game Melty Blood Type Illumina. Hey. In a tweet, yeah, exactly. In a tweet made by Ono after thanking his fans for the support over the years, he indicated that this position may be in fact be different than his responsibilities at previous roles as he has quoted this. There may be some distance between me and everyone at the FGC for a while. I may be away from the FGC, but I'm looking forward to spending time with you again when I get the chance. It is currently unknown what part Ono will play in the production of Melty Blood type Lumina, if any. Now, when when this news broke, everybody was just like, "Oh no, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> he touching my, he gonna touch my melty." Mm-mm. But from what I understand, is I don't know how much of a hand he'll have in the process of Melty Blood Type Lumina. I believe that game is actually pretty far along in its development cycle. Yeah. He is going to be in charge of, I believe, another project involving the fate stay night series of some sort, but he might have some say in certain things just because he's now the president and CEO of this company. He'll have some say with type Lumina, but Jesus Christ, man, I just leave it alone. Oh no, please. Whatever you do, (laughs) leave this game alone. It kind of sucks because we, since we pay attention to the news, it won't hit us till like you know when like a bat when a game comes out and it's just straight bad and and everybody's blindsided. We we we, were, we would be like, oh, we saw it coming. We'll know. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be like, yep. Yeah. I think it'll hurt more, <laughs> but it, it's still funny though. Yeah, that is uh that's interesting though. I wonder why they went to kind of get him. Maybe there, but it's interesting that he mentioned he won't be around the FGC for a while when you mm. know he's had such a big like. You know, in general, in the general sense, they don't know how. I don't. I don't think the delight works knows if Ono messed it up. I don't know if he did. I just wish that like we could find out some sort of good source that was like, yeah, Ono beat us one, and he we would have <laughs> went in code. Yo, they're their working conditions are not that good, honestly. The, yeah, Japan is they, nuts with that stuff with the work culture. Oh my god, dude! Because like it's also like over there, they like look down upon people that have their own opinions don't agree with the certain culture. They, yeah. they have a lot of problems when it comes to working and stuff like that. It's almost like they make, they make people feel like they're chicken because they want to take a day off out of, I don't know, six years of straight work. <laughs> so it's like, it's yeah. it's kind of ridiculous, actually. So I don't know how much Ono was bad in the case of Street Fighter. I wonder if it was something like that with him because we don't know, but it seems almost like ever since he stayed away from Street Fighter, it's better. So, <laughs> so he's yeah, out here. I think the times changed and he refused to. I think that's really what happened. He is, is too, yeah. He couldn't adapt to the times and the way he was doing things maybe wasn't awful, but it was just behind. Okay. Yeah, it was just too old school for what we need now in this fighting game generation. So, and I understand why they kind of put it the way they did to not really shame the man publicly, which I wouldn't want either. I appreciate it. Uh, 
yeah, of, you know, be like, okay, now he's in charge of this, but he's not really doing anything. And then he was pretty much, from what I understood, unemployed for six months until he got this position. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what what happens with this new relationship with Ono and and the Lightworks. Now, I'm I'm hoping that who knows this could be like a new start for him, a new beginning. Maybe he learned his lesson that his old ways weren't working, and he'll make amends with his new position. And who knows how much? Like we said, we don't have a lot of details. Who knows how much he's going to be directly involved with Melty Blood Type Luna? Maybe not even at all. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But the future of Melty Blood could be tied to Ono. So this is something definitely that I think we should keep an eye out because this game could mean a lot in this next generation of of fighting games now that we're in the ninth console generation. It could be, you know, here to stay if it's done right because of simply the fact that it's such a darling for for so many fighting Uh game players. But it has to be done right. And I I hope that if, if he is involved, he knows that. All right, we do this every week. We talk about King of Fighters 14, or 14, no, not not 14. We talk about King of Fighters 15. That's funny. Um, you know why I said 14? Because I was going to buy it, and it's I forgot where I went on one of the key sites, and it was still $59, and I was like, come on, man. The game came out in 2016, and Whoa, I still have really? to pay 60 bucks. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. So, I mentioned it, I too, that. Yeah, they, they can't do that. That's ridiculous. That I don't understand why they haven't dropped it in price. <laughs> they have a couple times. Right now, I believe it's 30 bucks on Steam. But that's still too much, man. I can't, no. <laughs> the, the cheapest I've seen it was $30. That's what I was about to say. The standard edition is $30. Not even all the DLC. No. What is this, Grand Blue? I'm not doing that. Come on. Damn, not even the definitive edition is $30? No. Wow. And there's a lot of extra characters like us bunch of new characters in that game yeah. i'll just play 13 or 2002 it's all good but anyway okay. let's talk about kof 15 so on april 28 2021 snk returned to its king of fighters 15 weekly trailer reveal this time featuring the final cys band member chris which coincidentally also completed the traditional team orochi Chris is shown in the trailer to have many of his traditional moves from previous inclusions in the King of Fighters series, demonstrating his unique quickness and evasive tactics. He is also seen to have special interactions and dialogue with his fellow band members pre-fight, along with being accompanied with a new concert stage and theme. Just a note, Chris is the youngest member of Team Orochi. He was formerly the host of Orochi after the failed mission of using Kyo's girlfriend was stopped by Kyo. However, the Orochi power using Chris's body was defeated by the hands of Team Sacred Treasures, who, by the way, is also in King of Fighters 15. So I'm assuming you've seen the Chris trailer? Yeah, man. I, I like it a lot, man. I, uh, I like his, uh, his uh, what was it? The, uh, the 100 palm pimp slaps. I was like, oh my lord, he is showing the backhand right now. <laughs> He's so elusive. Yeah, it's very interesting. Slippery. He's like a small character, too. He's going to be hard to get into. He's got that like almost full screen low. That's going to be annoying. Yeah. Man. I, have, I haven't played against too many Chris's in 2002, so I don't really have a very good uh, variety of like his moveset. Uh, I, I'm not too accustomed to it. So it'll be interesting. Um, I did put a couple notes here. Uh, why is he cuter than Yuri? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they made him. He's like he looked like the type of dude to steal your girlfriend when you're not looking. 
he's cuter than your girlfriend. He's like a very unassuming, like, I don't know how to describe it, but he's just like a cute little dude. <laughs> they, uh, they have a word for it in Japan. I forgot what the hell it's called. I, oh, I, I, think, I think it's called Bishonen, an Asian aesthetic of young men whose beauty and sex appeal transcends the boundary of gender or sexual orientation found in manga, etc., etc., etc. Like those pretty yeah. dudes in those Korean groups. He's man. a pretty boy. Yeah, he's hey. a really pretty boy. Except he's not like muscular like uh, Benny Maru, right? Like Benny Maru is a really pretty guy too. Yeah, man. But he's uh, he's just he's a cute dude, which you know I'm assuming that's always his been thing. I believe he's the drummer of uh, CYS, and he's also like backup vocals to yeah. Yashiro, or maybe he's the lead singer. I'm not sure. I don't know the lore, but um, yeah, he's back. He's alive. No more Orochi from what we've seen so far. I like his moves. His moves look pretty cool. Um, like I said, he's slippery. He he seems to be able to get away with a lot of stuff he probably shouldn't. Almost like uh, when you talk about some of these characters in fighting games that are really elusive in Tekken, specifically like Xiaoyu or Zafina or Julia, like these small bodies that you're like, oh, they're right there, but I can't hit them. I think he's going to be that type of archetype, which is really good for, for I believe, newcomers. And... Uh, from what I understand, his moveset is is pretty easy too for for newbies to to get accustomed to. So that's good. So he's a good introductory character, from what I understand. And uh, the last thing at the end, man, I love the axe kick that he did at the end of his super. That's, that's tight. Like come down with the foot. I'm about it. I like how they made him. You're right. Usually, and I want to say that those archetypes that you mentioned are usually in women. So like it's yeah. pretty interesting that it's in a it's in a man this time around. Um, but yeah, I really do like how they made this like pretty looking boy, but then he's like palm slapping it. Bit, palm, he is he is pimp slapping everybody. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. so, so that's kind of that's kind of cool, man. It's one of the few times where I'm like, I don't agree with how he looks, but the way he fights, he is a true function. <laughs> they finally completed yet another team. I'm assuming next week will be probably art of fighting, so maybe Rio, right? Um, yeah, completing the the team with King and probably Yuri. And then, or maybe it'll be a whole new character, or maybe it'll be Team's Women's Fighter. We'll see. Uh, next week will be interesting to see the completion of uh, hopefully another team. Mm-hmm. And tell you what, man, it's starting, to, it's starting to ramp up every single week. We're getting closer and closer to perhaps getting a release date for this game. So I'm excited. And they they definitely have the ability to have roster on their side when it comes to a purchase. And since they've been showing it every week, man, it's it's getting people more and more interested. Honestly, it's a it's a smart idea. Like they definitely mm-hmm. went the smart route. They went they playing the long game right now. Everybody want to play yeah. the short game. KOF is playing. They're like the King of Fires. Four. Oh, I was about to say fourteen. <laughs> I got sli- I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. We're playing the long game, and I like that that they're going for the long route when it comes to showing their game little by little by little, introducing things little by little by little, and being like, oh man, I. I can't wait. You know, that's kind of how they used to do it back then, man. Like you go in a magazine and you know, you'd read about a game every month. You get that new magazine and it's like little by little more and more. It's getting you know uncovered of the game. And then when the game drops, it's like, oh, my God, I'm finally playing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you don't want to do it too stretched out. We've seen other examples, not so much with fighting games, but with like 
whether it's cyberpunk, obviously that's, oh my God, that's a, such a terrible example because remember that first trailer came out in 2013 and it only released in 2020. So Kingdom Hearts uh, 3 was a bad example too, man. Yeah. They, they were talking about that game in the grapevine for years and I'm over here like 13, 13 years later, man. I'm like, God damn. Final Fantasy 15, right? Oh. Ah, yeah, dude, that was, yeah, that's, that's way too much. That's not like, that feels like a game that isn't going to release and they just keep bullcrapping. Even games like Watch Dogs that took, I believe, what was it four years? Yeah. And like, you can't do that. You can't show a trailer that looks really far in development on the first year for like the first announcement of the game and then come back four years later with a game that's a pile of shit. Like, yeah. you can't do that. <laughs> Yo, for real, man. Y'all, you're trying to sell me doo-doo, man. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't do that to me. Not with fighting games, please. <laughs> My heart can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> no more failure, please. Please. One more news item this week. And this one has to do with Guilty Gear. You know what I realized? I'm going through our old podcast to get notes for State of the FGC. Mm -hmm. We talked about Guilty Gear about, on average, once every two podcasts that we recorded. <laughs> So, yeah, the Guilty Gear has definitely been in the news in 2020, 2021. So it's uh, almost here, right? It's about uh, a month plus away. And this should be one of the probably the penultimate news item that we'll get for this game before it's released. So uh, Guilty Gear is open beta. So number two is coming. So on April 27, 2021, Arc System Works announced the upcoming open beta test for Guilty Gear Strive will be held on May 13th, 2021 to May 16th, 2021. The open beta will be available on PS4 and PS5 with crossplay between the two Sony platforms, and players will have access to versus, tutorial, training, and online modes respectively. The entire roster of 15 characters will be playable this time around, making Anji and Eno available. The open beta announcement also came with some other details, which players may want to take note of. Those include overall battle balance from the first open beta, designated dual stations in the online lobby, as well as a rematch feature. So that's really good. We can finally rematch. Oh my God, dude. Using the same move now in a combo makes the opponent fall quicker. So that's one of their ways to combat um, infinites. So that's mm. good. Aerial attacks, double jumps, and air dashes now cause recovery on landing. I've seen this was this has been kind of a controversial thing because people didn't like the air mobility initially, and it seems like they nerfed it, but we'll see. They say the jumps and air dashes will cover less distance now, so I don't know how I feel about it yet until I play it, but mm. right now it is what it is. The command forward plus punch has been designated as an anti-air. So <laughs> adjustments have been made for each single character. So every character has that command now where they can do forward punch and that should be your anti-air. I don't believe, I don't remember exactly because it's so hard in my opinion to anti-air and Guilty Gear, whether it's plus R or Exerd. I don't know if forward punch is a universal anti-air in those games as well i know for eno it's her little guitar push but mm -hmm. i've never thought in my life to anti-air with that button <laughs> like it goes nowhere <laughs> so in some characters the anti-air is more of a utility more useful like for instance i think let me get a pretty basic character let me just see the um so in the case of soul his 
his six P is an anti air even in plus R, and it's and it is an anti air in uh, Rev two. And the way that thing works is that it is like it is upper body and vulnerable. So like this dude, it's only his fist where it's like vulnerable, but like his upper body is pretty much invulnerable op- for like what is this? What am I looking at? Like eight frames or some bull crap like that? Like, mm-hmm. One to four, eight to eleven. So this dude has like seven or nine or whatever frames of, of invulnerability, and it actually is really good to hit somebody with one of those because you get a really good return. But he's I, special in the case that I'm pretty sure a soul can also use like 5K, like neutral um, stance kick. And yeah. he also has an actual DP motion. So yeah. <laughs> he's got a lot of options. But here, yeah. So like, but the reason why I use him is just because he's the more basic, the Ryu kind of character, right? The Shoto. Mm-hmm. If I were to use, I guess, let me see, like, I think, uh, what would be a really oddish character that you wouldn't expect it on? That's why I brought up Eno, because her, yeah, yeah, her I know, 6P uh, is not. Guitar, like, uh, so I think, uh, I know a couple characters that do have one, solid ones, but I forgot their names. So a good character that has it, I think, is Venom is good is a good one. I think Soul, Milia's actually is worthwhile. I think they all have universal 6P anti-airs. It's just that some of them you don't really use just because of the fact that it's not that best and it's not really fast. Like, so for instance, in the case of May's six feet, you're not using that. That is a garbage-ass <laughs> six feet, but it works. Like, if you can hit someone with that six feet, you are getting a crap ton of damage. The problem is, is that it's really slow and, like, because it's slow, it's not that good. But what's interesting is that her six feet can be charged so they are universal anti-airs. It's weird that they just now said that they are. They should be overall, but it's just really weird that, you know, they just mentioned that because some, like, other, like, most, I think a lot of characters already have other anti-air buttons, but 6P is kind of like a dedicated one. I'd be interested in, during this beta, to really test this out, especially now that Eno is playable. I'm going to yeah. actually probably spend a lot of time in training mode taking all these characters and simulating, you know, somebody jumping on me and using just dedicated 6P to see if I can stop it. So, yeah, because, like, so it, I'm looking at Eno's, and it has upper body and vulnerable. I think a lot of them, if not probably all of them, have upper body and vulnerable. The problem is, is that Guilty Gear is such a fast game, so for you to land a 6P, it's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? They they really are jumping at you. I can tell you, though, that if you're fighting a May player, you might really be able to land it on her ass because usually they're just jumping all over the place. Well, with the nerf to jumping, this is why it kind of makes sense to me. They nerfed aerial attacks and they buffed anti-airs. So it, the game should be, the, the pace should be a little slower now so you can actually make use of the anti-air. That's why I think they put those two notes uh, in the, the beta post together. Yeah, I don't understand that though, man. That's Guilty Gear, man. All you do is jump. Like, what the hell? That's like, that's like nerfing. That's Guilty Gear. That's not Guilty Gear Strive. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's what it is. It's not, but it's still like Guilty Gear in the essence where, like, all you really do is jump. Like, jumping really is like more more than you're running. You're going to be jumping like all over the place. Even pop players jump all over the place because the dude's walk is slow as dirt. So they're jumping all over the place. They use their FD in the air. So, I really don't get why they cut down the 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 speed or the jump. That's that's weird. Like to me, that's really weird. I don't. Maybe it is the strife thing, but I don't understand what. A, you know what it is, man. Any game that nerfs jumpings is a problem. That's a scrub trap. <laughs> right, man? That's a scrub ass trap. You nerf jumps in a game, 
you looking like Street Fighter Five, man. No, they, they, those jumps are so buff for whatever reason. And it's only because when you block a jump in, you you literally eat a mix up. <laughs> See, uh, this I think this is what's happening right now. Is you know you know the five stages of grief, right? <laughs> I think I'm at the point where like I'm at the acceptance part. I'm be like, this is strive. It is what it is. I'm okay with it. I think you're still in the anger phase. <laughs> you, you, you haven't gotten to like the 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 bargaining or whatever. You're still just mad. <laughs> I'm okay. So, so I, I I'm I'm cool. Like I mean I don't care at the end of the day. But it's really mm. weird because jumping is just a normal common thing in that game. And like usually what happens is that when fighting games kind of nerf jumping, it's because they think that jump-ins are too difficult because jump-ins are super common and they're super easy to do. So if a jump-in nets you like 40-50%, then it's like, oh man, these jump-ins are too ridiculous. We have to nerf them. And and then by nerf, they also nerfed it, but they made 6P the anti-air, which it's, it's always just been one in like all the other games. So then like it's just always weird when it's like jumpings that gets the, the hit. It's like, why jumpings? It's because I feel like whenever it's jumpings, it's usually beginners that have trouble with people that jump around a lot all the time. That's like the, that's the hardest thing. The, to- well, I will say that the, even for non-beginners, the, the jumping uh, risk reward, it was so advantageous for the offensive player who is jumping that there was no real d- deterring factor to not jump because... The, the damage you can get off of a jump in and Guilty Gear Strive was so high that why wouldn't you continually take that risk? Like, it just makes sense. It, it needed a nerf, in my opinion. Okay, yeah. Man, I mean, that damage is pretty busted. But so, like, I would say that, like, in the case of that game, though, is that jump-ins usually have just always been really good. Like, but I would also say because they nerfed the air game in that game, a lot of jump-ins, they're, like, people are doing it more as opposed to air-to-air stuff. Because you can't really get much out of air-to-air stuff as opposed to you could before. So, like, in my head, I feel like instead of nerfing the jump-ins, they probably should have, like, just made the 6P thing a more viable option. Yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to definitely test it out once we get the access to the beta on May 13th. Hopefully I don't have to deal with the uh, R-code difficulties the first entire oh, day. Boy. They ain't mentioned that, though. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens to that. Uh, lastly here, it is important to note that, uh, again, you will not need PlayStation Plus subscriptions in order to access the beta. So similar to the one in February, you just need a PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, access to the Internet, and you can play Guilty Gear Strive. Now, we have two que- questions, both coming from uh, Team Taiwan on Patreon. And uh, we'll start with, I guess we'll start with Jam. I guess we already technically answered it. He just said he wants to hear new hopes and fears for Strive. So it's basically <laughs> what you just said with the jumping yeah. and, and the aerial attacks. Yo, um, yo. Jam was so hyped for that, man. And then he heard that. He read it. And he was like, what? <laughs> it broke his heart. Yeah, I could tell that that, that specific detail in the the beta patch notes or whatatever that one <laughs> kind of broke his heart which <laughs> he was like, i don't see why i actually take it as a positive to be honest with you. Well, i think so like the 6p part is good but the nerfing of air dashing and the distance and making it more recovery it would make like you said for a slower game but the wasn't it before that they wanted the game to feel fast but then they were confused later and that you know so well they they want the game to feel fast through damage not yeah. through mobility as much and and that's i i think that might have been the, the uh the heartbreaker for jam because like the fun part is the mobility in guilty gear 
all the jumping and air dashing is just really fun to do. But when you nerf that, then you're going to have a situation where it, it, people are going to probably start just playing in the ground more. Yeah. Again, we'll have to actually get some hands-on time with this mm -hmm. and then uh, kind of give our final judgments. But um, Zio on Patreon, he had uh, a couple questions, and they're mostly for you. So he starts with saying, uh, we know Mac is not interested in the new Strive beta since there is absolutely nothing for him. So the question goes to Pringle. Now, obviously, I'm assuming he's being sarcastic because uh, there is everything for me in this beta. Eno is actually playable, so I'm actually really excited to finally get my hands on her. Um, but he um, he wants he wants your takes on these. So question number one for you from Zio. How excited are you to get back into the game? If I was going from like a scale of like one to ten, zero. But I do <laughs> want to try out Potemkin. It's not time. even on the scale, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. I don't care. <laughs> oh, man. But, That's uh, just harsh. Rules, man. <laughs> <laughs> no rules. That's my rule. Um, but I am not really that excited, man. Honest. I do want to try it again. And, like, it, I do want to just play something with rollback. <laughs> I want to play something. All, all that Rivals time has got you fiending. I'm the game but god damn that net code pisses me off man mm -hmm. <laughs> oh dude but yeah i do want just i just want like what well, once i had a taste of Skullgirls net code i just i can't go back <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah i do want to like that's what i do appreciate that strive has i mean that net code alone would be the saving grace for me to just play it if rev 2 had better net code maybe i'd play it more often but the yrcs i hate I do appreciate that Strive took kind of changed that system. I don't know. I'm not that excited. I want to try out using Potemkin this time or something. Mm. I, I, I'll say I probably still think the game is not that good personally, but like it'll probably, I can have fun with it, of course. Like I had fun mm -hmm. with the beta last time for the hour or two that I could play it. And then I got body checked by the R code over here. But. <laughs> servers went down let's see how let's see how those servers go down man and you think they'll fix it so that we don't have to do the app thing oh my god you remember that oh that was horrible. yeah that was that was really awful i hope it's more seamless than last time but uh, hey the good thing is we don't have to stare at that uh, giant news section in the lobby anymore yeah they they <laughs> i said that oh man they, now we have to see what's uncovered <laughs> It did take like 35% of the screen last time. Oh, my God. That thing was huge. I was amazed that I couldn't put it away. I, I was like, why can't I? I hope they don't like they don't like explode me with all these boring ass tutorials when I go in the lobby. Because that's what they did last time. And I was like, what is all of these like gatekeeping items, man? Menu here. Tutorial. Go through this. Oh, hey, you need to do this. That, this. I'm like, yo, man, leave me alone. I should, like, why is it that you didn't give a crap about me when I was in the in the damn tutorial mode? But when I want to get in the lobby, you hitting me with 21 questions. <laughs> because it's a new it's a new system. But uh, oh, yeah, we'll we'll see how they address that because obviously it's a new beta. So I wonder if we have to go through all that again. Zio, second question to you is: What are you most looking forward to? I don't know, man. I don't. The I don't, net code, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, the net code really is. I I want to play it again to see if. Uh, I mean, I would even think maybe they improved on the net code. That'd be great to see uh, what their improvement is. I maybe I want to see if the. Uh, I want to see if maybe they did a little more with the tutorial, but I don't think they did, and I don't really like it that much because. 
I mean, like the tutorial was like it wasn't even really a tutorial. I played. I went on the tutorial and I was like, uh, "What am I supposed to do here?" And it was like nothing. I was like, "Okay, well, yeah. if, I, if I didn't, if I, if you were gonna tell me to do anything, what's the point of the tutorial? I could have just done the same thing in the training room." I think I think that's the when we talked about the dev blog last time. Actually, it was me and Broken that talked about it. Yeah, it was you and um, Broken. Yeah. Yeah. So when Broken and I talked about the last dev blog, they mentioned the fact that that was intentional. The fact that they yeah. didn't want to hold hands in the tutorial as much because you'll learn on the fly. And when the game actually releases, you'll get mission mode. And if you want more information, that's how you'll get it. So I'm assuming it'll be just the same. Well, if it doesn't teach you anything, and I understand you want it to be kind of free and let people learn their own time. But if it doesn't teach you anything in a fighting game, What's the point of that? I don't even remember if it told me to do anything. It just kind of tossed me in and I had to play soul. So I was like, uh, I could see how someone could say, or like how Broken said that it, I like, he liked it, that it like would let you just play. But at the same time, there was like no incentive for anything. So when I went in there, I was bored out of my mind after like a couple of minutes. Cause I was like, what the hell is the point? <laughs> yeah. So maybe they shouldn't like Tekken doesn't have a tutorial because they're like, this game is too deep for you, for us to teach you. You'll just have to learn it on your own if you really want to. And for the most part, casuals still play Tekken just fine. So maybe I, tutorials are overrated. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so I would say that maybe they are, but it's just, it's helpful. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it is. Yeah. At the end of the day to add it, like, let's be honest, it's not going to hurt the devs. It's just causing more time and probably money and effort, but it doesn't hurt them. We'll see again on May 13th. I'll be excited to test out all the modes, see if there's any changes. And of course, play my lovely Eno. She's been missing in my life. If I, uh, if I try her too, I'll try her maybe for a bit, but I just don't like her dashing or her lack of running. Uh, it's kind of weird uh, for me. I love everything about her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's fun. She's a rocking girl. Um. All right, no fighting game topic of the week. I didn't find anything that was interesting. There was a couple of things that we could potentially talk about, but I don't care. So they're not making the show. Um, we'll just go straight to our rollback listener questions. We have five here. And uh, yeah, almost like a mini podcast. So we'll start with the first one. Uh, Cold Chaos 64 Ray on YouTube asks, do you guys have any big fighting game grudges runbacks you want to take care of? If so, what's the biggest personal runback grudge match you have right now or had? I'm not picky. And what's the story behind it? I have one, Pringle, and I believe I spoke about it on this podcast before. You know the East Coast player who plays Street Fighter. His name is Shine, right? You know him. Shine used to play on xbox 360 on xbox live he used to play persona 4 arena ultimax and this dude picked adachi and adachi oh, was a dlc character nobody knew the matchup right and he just goes on rank match puts me in curse puts me in rage does all this low bullet into dp low overhead and I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, the only reason you're winning right now is because I don't know the matchup. Like, I don't know what Adachi does. And this dude beats me twice. And I was like, all right, you know what? Let me let me try to figure out what this dude does. So I went in training mode. I picked Adachi. I figured some of the stuff out. I was like, all right, as long as I know how to punish and how to block certain things, I should be all right. I've always wanted to find Shine again, to beat his ass because I know I'm a better personal player than him. Even with shitty ass Labrys, I could beat him. But he dropped the game. He stopped playing. I was like, God damn it. I can never get my run back. 
the run back that'll never happen, man. Mm-mm. Dude, and Adachi was super annoying. He was really, really good when he first released because nobody knew how to fight against him. And even when you know how to fight against Adachi, he's still a problem because, Jesus Christ. I mean, JC alone is insane. Like, the oh, range that, on that thing. That's that huge. I have to see it again. But I remember, I remember the size, but I don't remember what it looked like. Uh, He's got some 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 noob killer stuff too, like uh, J2D or just 2D, and his uh, a lot of his persona moves. He uses the the evil um, Izanagi, the, that's Narukami's persona, and yeah. he it's a very like unorthodox angles that he he spikes you with with all sorts of stuff. So it's tough to fight him even when you know how to fight him. But if you don't know how to fight him, Jesus, it's uh, you'll you won't win. Dude, I did not like fight him at all. Oh my god, he was so annoying on that play because like everybody picks him and it's be and like I had a friend that was really good at Persona, like super super good, and he told me that Adachi isn't really that good, honestly, because like the problem with Adachi is that he's kind of like a wild card type of character. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Not like he's not very stable in terms of as a character because like if you're able to ex- like explode his weaknesses, he really is not that good, but. Yeah, that JC is huge. Now I remember that annoying ass, but and his oh, DP nuts. so obnoxious, man. That pissed me off because it was like, why did they make a DP like that, man? It was like a low and a wait, wait, let me read this journal. Jumping gun slam. No, no, is, is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping gun slam followed by a kick that knocks the opponent. Listen to this. First hit is an overhead. The second mm-hmm. hit is a low. Why the hell he got a DP like that? Yeah, that one is really annoying to deal with. Now, he can get shut down because of the fact that he has uh, very few Persona cards. If you mm-hmm. take away his Persona, he's not nearly as intimidating. So if you can play a character that's really good at poking at the cards, then uh, you can shut him down pretty easy. But if he has the his Persona on his side, he's, a, he's definitely a problem. You have to respect a lot of his ranges because... Uh, his persona will just blow you up for being even sometimes trying to anti-air him like he's he's a problem like he's definitely a problem and as 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 a newbie killer he's he's a really good character for that and you also i also remember the jd button where like it's basically a kamehameha beam that this shoot dude shoots mm-hmm. the full screen and it doesn't it let him like rush at you too like he can just keep going when he so like that's a, like can you imagine a beam that goes from full screen and then it lets him literally freely go into you, and you have to block him. Oh man, that's this dude was annoying, man. God. That was one of the that's one of the newbie killer moves that I didn't know what to do against it until I figured out. I was like, oh, whenever he does that, I have to jump up and then block in the air. It'll keep me in the air, so he can't mix me up on the ground. That's that's man. the only way you can deal with that. Oh man, he's such an annoying. He is, dude. Anybody that uses that character is not a person. Okay. That, that, <laughs> I do. I stay far the hell away from characters like that. I'll be real with you. I do not like. I wanted an annoying ass character, but only because I can make the character annoying. But I don't like characters like that at all, man. They're way too gimmicky, man. Yeah, he's got some crazy stuff. His two D is when his persona disappears from behind him and then comes up. It tracks. It's kind of like Shiva's stomp, right? It tracks you and then it, it flies down as an overhead right on top of you. Oh man, and, I hate uh, that move, yo. Yeah, on counter hit, it, he can come approach you and and get a combo off of it. He was such a noob killer, and because I he wasn't in the in vanilla, and it was my first time fighting against him, let alone against Shine, who overall is a pretty talented player to fight against. 
and he found the cheap stuff and he beat my ass and he quit persona i never got my run back so i'm still salty to this day yeah man shoadachi's annoying though really freaking annoying number two comes by way of discord myths on discord asks how do you think a game can maintain a steady player base this is a loaded question oh man what do you got uh good neko mm-hmm. if we talk about fighting game yeah a good neko uh, uh some some tournaments in between sprinkled in by somebody that puts some sort of prize pot in there that makes it more interesting some sort of like acknowledgement to the players that stick with the game uh dev and community you know conversation not too much though you ain't got to know about the dude's every opinion but it's good to have a, like a back and forth every once in a while with the community right. uh, a good game you know what i'm saying it's got to be good it's got to be a solid game uh, uh so far you're you're just describing ponies to me right now <laughs> no, i know bro i was i was i was gonna say that's what i'm saying I, if rivals once rivals has good net code i would be describing rivals too <laughs> mm-hmm. those you need like four legs to stand on like have you ever seen a dog with three legs like it can walk it can run fine but it limps right like it it looks different than a dog with four legs so if those are the pillars you need you know good net net code which is you know obviously rollback you need uh, a good game mechanically at least where like it's it's favorable to maybe not everybody but to most people you need a community that supports it doing community events and then you need your developer to actually communicate with you. Those are the four things that I think will help with a a steady player base. Now, if you have three of those things, you'd probably still be able to stand and walk, but, you know, eventually you'll probably limp and fall and uh, you'll have to get back up. Not everybody is like Dragon Ball Fighter Z, where they basically got like two or one leg and a half, and they can (laughs) can just get away with all of that because they got a pogo stick. Yeah, man, basically, man, they, they they like half a polo stick at this point. Like, they can get away with it. They they you know they can get away with it because of the fact that it's kind of like the name. But that's bad net code. I don't even know if Ben and Napco even talk to those people. Not as much as yeah. as other games. Um, where are we at here? Number three, uh, Rag on Discord asks, "Do you think Strive hype will last a long time, or will it be destined to be dropped by the majority of the player base within a month, like <laughs> other fighting games?" Uh, I don't believe so. I think I think this game is going to have really long-lasting effect on on players to pick it up, mostly because of how pretty it is, and then the netcode is so good. I think those two things alone will allow players to just stick with it because it's a novelty, right? It has the power of VTubers, so that's a... Yeah, that's a that too. Good promotion. Too. Yeah, man. Because, like, I don't... I think it'll last a while, and I don't think it'll just die. But, I, it, of course, it will go through the, the honeymoon phase where there's going to be a huge amount of people, and then, like, you know, a large chunk of them kind of fall off. But I think a lot of people will stick with this game. The good net code, the decent gameplay. I'm saying decent just to be nice. But the decent gameplay... <laughs> The the uh, the characters, the visuals, the music. I don't really like the music, but the music is there and it catches a lot of those type of people. It'll last. Like it, it'll definitely last. I'll be honest with you. Just by seeing the overall impressions right now, and I don't think the game has even reached its full potential. Obviously, it's not even out yet, but I think it could still tap into way more than it's showing. Mm-hmm. This, I think, actually strive in my opinion. Not guaranteed, but 
the potential for it. I think it could climb the upper echelon of games like Street Fighter and Tekken and maybe insert themselves. Maybe not as 1A, 1B, how Street Fighter and Tekken can always, you know, compete for that top spot. Yeah. But maybe as like a as like a secondary tier for those top echelon games. So right now I think you're seeing it's Tekken and Street Fighter at the top. And mm -hmm. then underneath you have like Mortal Kombat and Dragon Ball. Now Mortal Kombat is weird because it's technically a part of the, the biggest um, fighting game group or whatever, but it's too cyclical to be like consistent, right? Because it, it climbs really high and then it drops super quickly. So with Dragon Ball, just that IP alone is holding it up there. So I think those two are, are right underneath Tekken and Street Fighter. I think Guilty Gear could definitely, or Strive, it could insert itself into being in that second group if it plays its cards right. And we'll, we'll definitely see, especially if Dragon Ball Fighters is not going to come out with a sequel with rollback anytime soon. Strive could take that spot. Who knows how long Project L has planned to, to until it, that that's out. So, you know, that could be a contestant to be in a top spot. But uh, I actually think it has a lot of potential to be able to to join Tekken and Street Fighter and, uh, and Dragon Ball Fighters and Mortal Kombat to be in that space. And and get away from the grand blue space. Get away from the like the BB tag space. Get away from some of these other other spaces. Yeah, I, I, man, I, man, I really agree with you, man. I wholeheartedly agree with you there, man. Because I, I personally, it just it has the right fixings. You know what I'm saying? It's got all the right fixings, and it could be better. You know what I'm saying? Strive could be amazing. Who knows? It could be much much better as time goes on. Maybe they'll do some more. I don't think they will change it that much, but maybe they will. Not enough for me to pretty much inter be interested in it because. Once I'm not interested in the base, I probably won't like the pillars later. But I think that it has everything you really need. And I would say, yeah, man, it could definitely be up there because I feel like Guilty Gear was always kind of close. Yeah. Uh, whenever the offline tournaments were with the big boy, when they was with the big boys, they could kind of chill. They were sitting on the little kid's table. But when they stood up, you saw that they were six feet tall. They just kind of getting pushed out. You know what I'm saying? But... Mm -hmm definitely see them being with those guys especially as the anime game you know what i'm saying as the air dasher fighting game the one that's like popular as hell amongst everyone else especially with how everybody is playing because the, the beta idea is smart as hell the beta idea is good stress testing and it lets people have a taste giving everybody the taste and the ability to play it without having to spend money is a great idea and i think more fighting games should go about that because it gives it more, like it gives more interest. So then you have people that's like, you know what, this game's really fun. If, if you enjoy it for a couple of hours, then they, I mean, they did their job basically. So see, I don't like the game, but I hope that it gets up there at where it can beat out Street Fighter or something like that. That won't happen, but that'd be dope if it did. I don't know about usurping Tekken and Street Fighter, but I think they might but, not have the first seat, but they'll sit yeah. at the table. Yeah, yeah, they'll finally sit. They, I don't think anything can touch Tekken, man. Street Fighter. Is Street Fighter beating out Tekken? I don't know, man. But Tekken They're is really, really close. They're really yeah. close to each other. I mean, I think Tekken really had a lead in, in 2020, and then they're still doing pretty good in 2021. But Street Fighter has made a lot of improvements, just specifically with PR, that you could see yeah. that more people are looking at Street Fighter and be like, okay, it's back to being where it was. Yeah. And um, 
and then obviously you still have Mortal Kombat, but that, in my opinion, that's almost like a separate community. To yeah, like, it's a fighting game, but you know, it's it's a lot of different type of fighting game players yeah. that play that game. I, I almost feel like in the case if it's almost like Street Street uh, Tekken did a Street Fighter and Street Fighter did a Tekken because yeah. like like Tekken came out amazing and then it started uh, like it just went bad with the, the mm-hmm. stuff like that that they kept implementing on it. it didn't feel like there was any connection between the player base and the dev- developers. Maybe it was like a money trap that they were getting in. But then Street Fighter was like, damn, they came out the gate ass, man. And they were booty butt cheeks. And they were like, yo, let's get better. And then they've gotten better. They added Rose. Ono got a turtle. I mean, damn, what else could you ask for? So the only trap that they those two games have really is their netcode. Because if they were yep. both good netcode, like if, if Tekken had a really good netcode, I think I probably might still play it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of wild how the the two games' momentums they started uh, one at the top, one at the bottom, and now they just reversed. I think Tekken is going down and Street Fighter is going up. Yeah, man. Yep. But they're still like number wise, they're still overthrowing everything else, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, those like, two no- games are always on top. Yeah, yeah, dude. So like it, we say this, but in the end, they're still kind of spotting everybody else in terms yeah. of numbers. Uh, the Monarch on Discord asks, what matters more in fighting games, movement or buttons? I think it depends case by case, right? Ooh, I was about to say, well, if you play on a hitbox, all you do is press buttons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I think it depends case by case. Personally, for me, I feel that movement is more important to me personally because movement is what is your neutral or in the sense of whatever yeah. the hell neutral is. And I've seen people where, like, they have the same amount of execution, but one has a better neutral, and he's able to make top eight, and that I, and then the other person can't. So, you know, I think a lot of it is mostly just movement and knowledge with that type of stuff. Because, like, you know, I played, like, I played uh, Wing when I played Skullgirls, and I, like, went 320. <laughs> and I was like, man, one of the things that he's pretty much better at is uh, movement. He has good movement, and like that essentially helps him pretty much beat me most of the time because he has the better movement because I can do the same things he could do. Yeah, I would agree. I would also pick movement over buttons because eventually you'll be able to get the buttons that you need with practice, but movement, that translates to everything, man. If you can play good neutral or good footsies, that will carry you pretty damn far in almost like every game that you play. Whereas with buttons, you kind of have to learn, you know, combos in every single game. And it takes a while. But, man, if you can get good movement, especially in 3D games and understand neutral in 2D games, I think, uh, yeah, that's definitely, that'll carry. I mean, shit, sometimes I play fighting games, like, that I have no real investment in. And I'll just play just a neutral game. And to be honest, it's taken me pretty far. Like, to beat you know, regular people. Yeah, because I think that's what translates, like, for Justin Wong, I think that's what translates very well for him in terms of every game he plays. He mm-hmm. he knows the Like, he knows how to... Some games, you don't have air dashing. And then when you jump into a game that you do, you can air dash because you practice that. You know how to air dash. When I play Guilty Gear, I'm, like, air dashing all over the damn place just because I know how to kind of do it. But Lens is like, yeah. I, not I, anymore, I you're not. <laughs> I know, right? They took that. They clipped my toes, man. No wings for you. No wings for me, man. I was about to say, 
I didn't even say in the case of rivals, because like I, I when I'm thinking about rivals, man, rivals is so much, it's so different in the case of Smash Man. That that really is a fighting game to me personally. But in that game, movement is like everything. Like all the buttons and all that stuff is not that hard, but the movement is so important in that game because that's what except that's what essentially takes you to a whole nother level. Super, super important in every single fighting game movement. I would definitely put it on top. And our final question for this week comes by way of Arrow on Discord. And this is kind of a lengthy one, but uh it would I think it's it's a good one to close on. So Arrow on Discord asks, I saw with the game Friday Night Funkin', it attracts a lot of attention from non-rhythm game fans for its amazing music, its charming visuals, and general simplicity in how its mechanics are conveyed. However, it's actually pretty widely disliked among the more dedicated rhythm game crowd, similar to fighting games. The genre has been pretty niche outside of a few notable instances, and the people who love them really love them. We've seen that a lot of fighting game devs have been trying and failing to appeal to a more broad crowd with fighting games, and even with their varying degrees of success, the FGC still has historically not taken a liking to these attempts. So I have to ask, is the FGC prepared for a game with the level of success of a game like Friday Night Funkin' and the ramifications that would come with it? So just for the uninitiated here, I put some notes here on Friday Night Funkin'. So it's a free-to-play open source rhythm game, which was released in November of 2020. It recently opened a Kickstarter campaign to turn the demo into a full game and it's reached and it's reached its goal of $60,000 within hours. Less than a week later, the Kickstarter sur surpassed $1 million as of April 24th. The Kickstarter raised over $1.2 million. So I did some research and what I found is that Osu and Voez, hopefully I said those right, uh, among others are seemingly like the golden standard of rhythm games, similar to like Street Fighter and Tekken are in the FGC. So like those are the pillars that they, they you when you think about the genre, you think of Osu and Voez kind of like how we think of Street Fighter and Tekken. Uh -huh. uh, games like Dive Kick, Nidhogg, and For Honor are all categorized as quote unquote fighting games, but they're not embraced by the FGC. That's how I sort of look at Friday Night Funkin', where it's technically a rhythm game. It kind of plays like a really rudimentary and simple version of Rock Band or Guitar Hero, where it's just arrows flying up and then you have to match them with the keys, so uh, left, right, up, and down. And that's basically how you play it. So it's not as extreme with it as execution like Osu. I don't know if you've ever seen people play Osu. It's it's insane. Like they, they got some of them use a pen and whatever. I don't know. It is too intricate for me. Like as a beginner, if I ever wanted to like start playing rhythm games, that's not a game I would touch. <laughs> it's too, too crazy. Dude, I, I played Osu on a stream one day because it was like, you should play Osu. And I was like, what's that? It's a rhythm game. And I was like, oh, I love rhythm game. And then I played it. I was like, what the is this, man? <laughs> it's, it's insane. Wild, dude, yeah, it's wild, man. So I guess the original question after kind of setting this whole thing up, he asks, is the FGC prepared for a game of, with that level of success? So it's super simple. It attracts casuals because it has great music and it's it's charming. But the hardcore rhythm people don't embrace this as their own, right? Mm -hmm. So we've seen some of these games try to come into the FGC, but not to the degree of success that that Friday Night Funkin' got. So we have games like Fantasy Strike, right, which is 
super simple, but uh, not it, that wasn't embraced at all. Like people knew about it, but even though it was free and even though it was crossplay and even though it had rollback netcode, the FGC really didn't care. Like it was maybe oversimplified and it was just deterring too much. Mm-hmm. We have other examples, but I couldn't think of one that was like super, super simple and had any amount of success compared to Friday Night Funkin'. As far as if anything like that ever happens, is the FGC prepared for it? I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I probably not, but could it happen? I Yeah, I could definitely see a fighting game like a version of Friday Night Funkin' come in maybe with a huge IP and some sort of hook to to make it interesting to to casuals but not to to fighting game consumers i don't know the fgc is weird in the fact that it's those games don't last like as much as they don't man the developers keep trying to simplify things it really doesn't work like it does it not only does it not work with keeping the casuals around for longer than what the developers are planning to but you're doing two things you're alienating your hardcores and you're really not grabbing the casual so it kind of it goes both ways it's it hurts you yeah i i think we've mentioned this in passing where it's kind of like it's the belly of the beast with fighting games and where like they're just going to be hard and i mean think about it if it if it doesn't get the hardcore folk what are you really going to hold off you're literally a dog with two legs at that point because there isn't much to hold a fighting game past that point Really, the only thing that keeps fighting games still alive, unless you're like specific ones, is people playing it. Like people, and it's the hardcore people playing it because the hardcore people playing it make tournaments. They run tournaments. They come together. They advertise it. They talk about it. They make discords, forums, guides, all that type of stuff. Tutorials. They're always the one talking about it at the end of the day. But casuals, they'd be like, "Oh, that's a nice game," and that's it. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. pass. You know what I'm saying? Like. I watched this guy that collects video games. I, I really like his channel. And he's like, he talked about Grand Blue, and he's like, it's a pretty fun game. I had a lot of fun with it, and that's really it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's kind of how it goes for those guys, man. Yeah, I think the depth is... So, when you think about, like, things that hook casuals, visuals, right, graphics, may, maybe offline modes, like a story mode, mm-hmm. and, you know, the music, uh, stuff like that. But at the end of the day... Those things are finite, right? Like they end. The story eventually ends. You can listen to a song only so many times. You can see the same game only so much. Mm-hmm. But depth in fighting games is what keeps us going because we're constantly exploring. Oh, how do I do this? How do I fight that character? What if they turtle? What if they rush me down? So that's what really keeps us going. But to casuals, they're not interested in finding those things out. They kind of see things at face value. And once they get what they want out of it, like you just said, hey, that game is fun, but that's pretty much it. They move on to the next game because there are other pretty games. There are other games with stories. There are other games with good music. They don't have to stay and find out more about the depth and, and the fighting game aspects of it because they have other things, other games that offer same if not more of what these casual targeted fighting games do so it's man it's rough to be a developer who's trying to get people to play your game who don't already play fighting games you know and now i think maybe 
I don't know, it's not too oversimplified, but maybe Project L might be. But even then, in the case of Project L, they have the name, you know what I'm saying? The league name. So that might be a big in terms of their numbers. So, Man, yeah. forget Project L. You know what the FGC needs to truly become mainstream? Oh, I know a Maple mean. Story fighting game. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that would work, though. <laughs> Yo, I haven't played Maple Story, man. I mean, yo, I've I seen it. it. I figured it out, Mac. I figured it out. It's like a Warriors game. It's a Musou game. That's how you're supposed to play the new Maple Story. Like a freaking Musou game, man. A 2D Musou game. Just turn you just, off your brain. Hell yeah, you just turn off your brain and you just plow enemies. It's it's nice. You know, we had that conversation last week. Yeah, you, were, you were doing too much, too much thinking. Now you're just yeah, playing. Thinking. I don't know what's wrong with me. So I took your advice. <laughs> I was like, you're right. I need to just play these goddamn games, man. I had a little bit more time than more than usual this week, so I just took the opportunity to like you know play more stuff. Well, that's good. That's uh, that's always good to to get some time for yourself. Play play some games. Um, Pringle, my man, I appreciate you recording this podcast with me a day early. We got some stuff out, so we didn't have to. Um, damn, did you hear that? That that guy wants us to wrap up. Do you hear the motorcycle just pass by? Uh, <laughs> He's like, come on, wrap up. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you joining me on this Friday night. I appreciate everybody for listening to FGC Hollywood. Next week's a big show. 30 weeks of recording FGC Hollywood. So hopefully uh, we can do maybe something a little special for FGC Hollywood episode 30 next week. I don't know what it is yet, but I'll, I'll think of something. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it for FGC Hollywood episode 29. Appreciate everybody for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Peace out, y'all. Peace, y'all. Take care.